I think it's important to understand yourself, the words that you're using, and the clubs that are in your hand. What do they do? And welcome back. Welcome aboard another car train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I've got Matt Cermak, our other co-host, with me. What's up, Ev? Good to be back. What's going on, my man? How we doing? Cermak's in Chicago. has got great weather. I'm in L.A. with shitty weather. You never know what's going to happen when you're coming aboard the train. This Sunday. It's 70 today, 65 Sunday. I'm teeing it up in November, and I'm probably wearing shorts. Wow. Throwback shorts? Yes, throwback shorts. Yeah, I mean, what else would I be doing? They're, they're, they're so comfortable on the course. And I'm playing a public course, too. So There you go. Perfect. Well, guys, if your golf game's off the rails, if you're sick of riding the struggle bus, you've come to the right place. The part train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. The part train podcast unpacks the mental game with PJ Tour pros, teaching pros like today with Colin McCarthy, best-selling author, CEO, sports psychologist, everyday golfers like you and me and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally... Get back on track. This episode of The Par Train is presented by Roback Activewear, and they just dropped new vests. So we're getting in November. And guys, remember, I think the best part about Roback is everything is so stretchy and comfortable. So layering doesn't restrict you. And I know Cermak's a big vest guy. I think Cermak might have as many vests as I have hoodies, but they just dropped new vest colors. They dropped this new light gray. They dropped a white. They dropped black. I'm looking for that white, too. It is nice. It's really nice. So go to rollback.com, enter the code train, get yourself 15% off. If you forget the code or you're wondering what it is, go to our bio at the par train on Instagram or tap the show notes of this episode, tap that link. It'll auto apply in your cart. If you've done it once, maybe enter a new email, do whatever you have to do to get that discount again. So thank you to rollback as always for the support and letting us do the show that we love. Let's get to this episode with Colin. McCarthy. I we were talking off air, sir. I don't think we do these types of interviews very often. We're focused more on the mental side, obviously, but Colin kind of walked the line of mental and physical today. So if you love geeking out about how my swing impacts my game and how the physical impacts the mental, how the mental impacts the physical, how words speak louder than actions. Maybe not actions speak louder than words. I think self-talk, negativity in golf, there's a lot of interesting nuggets. We kind of cover everything in this conversation. Yeah, I think there's some really great nuggets here from Colin about self-talk and expectations and what you think you know versus what you actually don't know about the game and your swing. And and it's so easy to get negative because golf is hard. But, you know, he talks about it. We got to change our words, right? Yeah. We got into golf as challenging, but it's also really rewarding, you know, taking the time to understand your golf swing, understand what club fitting, you know, you talk about the personality types a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mental the, golf type. Mental golf type. It all kind of ties together. So really, really good conversation there. And just, you know, we've got to find a way to get the negativity and improve our self-talk, you know, social media doesn't help, right? Thinking we should swing like Dustin Johnson doesn't help every YouTube video with every Swing teacher out there doesn't help either. But uh, yeah, this is a golf geek episode too on the swing. You really get into some of the technicalities about, but he's a biomechanics guy and this is what he knows the best. So yep. it's a pleasure to have Colin back on the show a second time. Yeah. So, well, great. thank you guys for hopping aboard. If we've added any value, give us a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It means the world, not because we just want another review, but because someone might read your review 
and hop aboard themselves. So your review could help others, which is what we care about. Give us a follow at The Par Train as well so that we can help you every day in between podcast episodes. No matter how bad you feel about your swing, no matter where that ball's going, what do we got to try and do? Sarum. Just enjoy the ride. Hey guys, enjoy the ride. Take care. Colin McCarthy, welcome aboard for your second ride. How are we doing? I'm back. I'm I'm getting there. Always trying to stay in a, a positive attitude, even though my body's a giant dumpster fire. But <laughs> it's interesting. It's fun, man. I just I try to keep it fun as best I can. If you watch one of my posts, my recent ones, I did a live where I kind of listed my injuries. And some people DM me like, I had yeah. no idea you went through that. I was like, yeah, I appreciate that. But I go through some hell. Do it for the game because actually, you know what? To get personal, I do it because... I promised my grandfather I would help golf as much as possible. The term I use was fix golf, even though there's a need fixing, it just needs more efficiency. I promised him I'd do that on his deathbed. So hmm. we'll dive into that fix golf in the sense of fix golf instruction or fix um, the culture of golf or what, what does that mean? Everything, no matter what sport you're in, there's always something that can be tweaked. There's always something that could be perfected for that individual. Now, on a standpoint of it being monetized and for the mass quantity and doing drills and stuff like that, it doesn't reach every single specific person. I mean, that's what I coach. You've probably seen it on my, um, all my videos is hashtag golf body type. That's what that gets into is the specificity. I mean, details, I mean, every, like quarter inch to the quarter inch of golf clubs to the quarter inch of bone length. And then the mental side, which we'll probably talk about today, but I, it's just so cool to me to have someone hit the golf ball like I can and to have their swing be efficient instead of effective. That detail makes it efficient. But if you're missing those key details, you could hit it fat, you could hit it thin. It's important to understand the details of your body, your clubs, what your need, that specific custom coaching. Um, instead of it being the mass monetized drills out there that work for majority and that's you know that's great but there's always some kind of fixing to do well con let me start by asking you this we talked off air you said Mm -hmm. something of the effect keep me honest of golf actually isn't hard Mm -hmm. as much as we make it hard so maybe we start there i know we want to talk about the negative culture of golf that's kind of how this conversation came to be obviously we're, we're treading a thin line because people are like, oh, golf is challenging. I, you know, it's humbling. We want to keep it that way. Otherwise, people wouldn't want to try it. But if you keep hearing something's really difficult, most people don't want to even try it. They don't like challenging themselves. They don't like spending money on something that's so difficult that would drive you insane. Some people like doing that, like us. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, it drives me insane a lot too, especially when I was younger. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea why I was doing the things I was doing. Now I do. I know exactly why. Every time I'm like, okay, you know, that's why I did that. I accept it. Most people don't know how to accept it because they don't have an understanding. Biomechanically, mm. mentally, whatever it is, I can, it can pinpoint it every single yeah. time. Like, okay, the ball is above my feet. The ball was too far forward. That's why I went left. Oh, this is why I went right. And you forget things. Wait, let's talk about this for a second. All, I want to jump in because too. this is really, I think this is a good way to start today because I posted a video a while ago that got a ton of views. And I be- I basically said like 99% of golfers 
make the same mistake after every round, which is we say we shot an 81, but we tripled number three, we three putted number eight, and that's why we didn't break 80. And my point with that was it is important to understand everyone's comments are like, yeah, but you're telling people to be complacent, only focus on the good shots. Well, my point, I did a follow video and I think you're hitting on it. My point was if you're only remembering the triple or you're only remembering the three putt, you can't actually improve to break 80 because the point is, and Colin Morikawa's coach talked a lot about this of like, well, why did I make the triple? I think the understanding we've never really talked mm-hmm. about how understanding helps acceptance. We always talk about acceptance, but if you don't understand why it happened, could be harder to accept it. So let's dig into this. Cause I think a lot of people want to accept stuff, especially the mm-hmm. negative, but when you want the polar opposite, it's really hard to. So how do we leverage understanding to help people accept a word that people don't, well, I'd say some people don't like is science. Most people are like, oh, I'm not smart enough to think that. Well, that's all, all already negative. If you have a coach or someone out there or a book, anything, any kind of information, and there's a lot of it out there, we know that. There are some things that make sense. There are some things that don't. If you understand based upon your wisdom, which is understanding what you know, this is very technically psychological. If you understand what you know, you have wisdom. That's why old people rarely ever make mistakes because they've learned for so long that yada 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 could do this this and that i understand now i probably shouldn't do that and there are some young people that keep trying to do it but don't understand that it's not okay they don't understand like getting up and falling back down again okay i'll just get back up again well how do you get back up what's causing you to fall down what's causing you your feet your injuries your clubs being too long, too short, what's causing you to go to make that ball go? I can pinpoint that in 10 minutes. The point is to understand your exact body from day one to however old you are right now. You have built your body specifically to make efficient actions the way it's built and in that moment. You teach a lot of students, mm. and you, I imagine you've got players that are around that eight, seven handicap or trying to break 80 yeah, threshold. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've got, you've had, so let's go to that 81 or that 80 shooter hasn't done it yet. And you go through the round and right. Yeah. You, you had a couple, you had two double bogeys and you got to diagnose those holes, right? Like, and oftentimes it was, you know, he put a drive out of bounds, you know, he got too aggressive with a pitch shot. Like, is it more mental Colin? Like I would believe at this point, this is course management. This is, or yes. why are you uncomfortable over that right to left tee shot? You know, when you're way more comfortable over the left to right holes, is it about making the swing better or is it about getting your mind in a better place to ultimately have your misses better? What do you think? There's a 50, 50 shot here. This is where the coaches struggle. I struggle with it as well, because we don't know what you're doing on the course. We don't know exactly what shot you're going to hit. And it's literally like some of my younger students, like juniors, I used to give them a rubber band, okay? And it would say coach on it. Every time they made a mistake, they'd take the rubber band and snap it. And I was like, how'd your wrist feel at the end? And they'd be like, oh, I have a little sore spot. I'm like, we need to work on a few things. But I think it's important that, one, 
just scenario shots. Like you're saying, it's the decision that they're making on the course. I don't know. So they could be like, I could be that dude above them, like the little coach cloud that's sitting above them saying, is this wise to make this decision right now? Should you do this? Have you practiced this shot enough? Can you do it more than five times out of 10 on the range? And that's also because due to body design, your body's designed to do certain things like DJ never hits draws because he knows better. I've talked to him about it. That's the way people are designed. Some people are going to hit draws really well. Some people are not going to hit draws really well. It's the way that their body's designed. Mentally, it's decisions. It's strategy. It's what shot are you best at? Now, the really cool part about this is if you know your miss, you'll score low. If you don't know your miss, you will not score low. You just won't. You don't know where the ball is going to be. And predictability is what? It's consistency. The juggling act for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you're a, a teacher, but you're also a coach, right? With your students, there's got to be teacher mechanics mode, right? To get better at your mechanics for your swing, your putting, your chipping, your bunker. But there's also coach mode, like, hey, like, let's go play some holes on the range, right? Let's go draw scenarios up because talk about how you balance that because that, that's a lot of how I learned growing up. And that's what, what you were saying. My coach, we call him coach, Coach John you know, not teacher John, you know, he's like, I'm your coach. I am trying to get you to play. You're playing for score, playing for low score. And there's a lot of ways to do that, you know? So, but at the same time, you know, we get, we, we got to get your, we got to get your, your, your lower body movement better, right? We got to get your back swing better. Like the balance is very tough. Talk about that. The first thing I ask all of my newer students is who brought them to the game. Cause I want to know what their connection is. If I don't know your connection, then I don't know if you're attached to it nostalgically because that's the worst connection you can have because it can get really bad. It's a good connection, but it can get really bad because it can get emotional. Love, obviously, is part of nostalgia. A dad that brings up someone. I find more often cases of anxiety or PTSD of a bad shot because the dad literally turns around shaking his head every time, depending on the dad, though. But I don't know the person. I don't know their level of confidence. I don't understand how they grew up. So I have to understand that so that I can understand as well what the person feels after a bigger miss. Because if you hit a slice, obviously it's a miss. You missed the ball. Well, you missed the center of it. You didn't miss it. It's hard because I don't know what they're thinking before or after. That is the action they're making, the theory they're about to use in their head, which you can learn and unlearn. And then the other thing is, do the clubs fit them? Mentally, physically, those two things, like I said before, is 50-50, but you got to go in detail. Like I said, the physical is more of the teaching, the coaching is more of the mental, right? But I get someone to understand, this is the cool part, I will coach them through a physical action with analogies, so their life experience can understand the science without having to remember science stuff. If you can understand it your way with an analogy, mentally to understand the physical, then you'll be like, wow, I'm turning into a field player. But you have to understand it with your understanding of what you know. Colin was course management, good course management really helps control your emotions out, right? Yeah. So to me, like, you know, somebody who gets mad on the course and you get sad on the course, somebody, you know, like that's, you have your, your mental emotions you have to learn and deal with. And as a coach, help figure out, but 
You also have course management. That's understanding how to play golf. Mm-hmm. Right. So yep. it's like this is your challenge every day with these kids. And yeah, adults that. from from adults eight too. five to five. I mean, some of them act the same way. <laughs> they act like a five-year-old. The point is, is who brought them to the game? I don't know what their relationship is of who brought them to the game. So it could be themselves. Now that's an interesting topic because one, if you bring yourself to the game, one, you're most likely crazy. I'm kidding. <laughs> the idea of we do we're all crazy we hit a little white little ball and try to hit it as least amount of times to get it to the hole it, it's pretty crazy it, um, it is rewarding when you do it well though exactly that's yeah. what i mean <laughs> i think it's important that you understand yourself why you think that you think why you do what you do like grandfathers to bring their grandsons to the game i'm one of those it almost turns into an obsession because it's a good love. It's a happy love. But guess what you don't get? You get a bad love from a bad shot. You want a happy love every time you hit that golf ball. So it's got to be perfect. It's got to be your memory of your grandfather that you remember. It's a connection. You are absolutely 100% connected. Now, if it's your dad, it's a totally different, maybe totally different love. It could be he was really hard on me. He was better than me. He probably most likely had a different body than you because your genetics are different. Everyone is different in this case. And that's why so many people, I have to do customized screening. I have to understand the person that's in front of me. We are not robots. We are not Iron Byrons. We are not swinging a golf club all the same. We have different measurements. We have different arm lengths, different planes. So it matters to be efficient with detail. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here from a new sponsor, and then we'll get you right back to the show. So we worked with these guys over a year ago. I'm bringing them back for you guys because they're my favorite way to stay hydrated. Now, a lot of people here, yeah, stay hydrated, stay hydrated. I think the key is why do you want to be hydrated? There's a ton of health benefits, but a lot of you might drink alcohol and when you wake up and you hadn't been hydrating, you're going to feel hungover. And when you feel hungover on the golf course or not, it's just, I'm 35 years old now, okay? The last thing I want to feel is feeling hungover. So... I actually reached out to these guys for you. They didn't reach out to us at first, okay? I scoured the internet trying to find a clean hydration multiplier and I just couldn't find it. I I looked at like 10 options and all the ingredients were bad. You couldn't pronounce pretty much anything on the label and it was super sugary and just didn't taste good. So I finally found Cure Hydration Packets, okay? My favorite flavor is lemon. It's not sugary, there's no sugar. And it's super subtle, but it still tastes good. I found Cure Hydration. I drink one in the morning, every morning. And on my bachelor party, and again, I don't drink that often, but on my bachelor party, I had one in the morning and one before bed. And I woke up feeling great every morning. So go to curehydration.com, enter the code TRAIN, get yourself 20% off, get yourself some easy hydration. It's a simple pack, put it in your water bottle, go on the go. You're gonna get so much better ingredients and taste than all the other options that have terrible ingredients and are too sugary. So curehydration.com, enter the code TRAIN, 20% off, stay hydrated. Let's get back to the show. Colin, you mentioned earlier something about creativity, instincts. Mm. And I experienced something last weekend that was a great reminder. Sir, I haven't even told you about this. I went through like a big visualization phase But I will say for our listeners, it's a very hard thing. It's easy to move into visualization 
when you feel really good about your swing. I mean, Stephen Alker just told Damon Hack on the Golf Channel, who we just had last week on the show, that he hasn't been searching for a while. And that's a really great place to be. So going back to me, it's really easy to go into something like visualization when you feel confident in what you're doing. But I think it's very yep. challenging for people because it's it's Time tactical, it's tangible, it's easy. Like for me, for example, I have a different takeaway like every week. I've never felt comfortable with my takeaway. I don't understand how people get it vertical faster. I don't understand how they don't take it way behind them. I just don't. Three or four times in last round with my wife, I wasn't really even trying to visualize. It's not like I was telling myself to visualize. What I did was, this happened on a few uh, full shots and a couple short game shots. I just kind of felt it. Stephen Yellen, the author of The Fluid Motion Coach that we've had on the show years ago. I think, sir, I'm keep me honest. He say like surface level thinking versus below the surface. He, yeah. I found myself going below the surface. And I will tell you, I had the same mechanics as I did the entire day as I've had probably my whole life. But I just kind of like tried to feel the shot and then I tried to replicate it. And I did literally four out of four times. And it just amazes me. I don't think there's a cooler feeling maybe in the world than seeing a shot in your mind and then doing it in real life. And I guess I say that because I'm can someone I, who's really why? struggled with my mechanics all year. Anyone can relate to me. Serm knows I've tried everything as I know in the, I know the mental right. training too. Like I'm a mental coach too. So I'm constantly battling that. I know I should be focusing on this. But I think it's a cool reminder for people. I'd love to get your take, Colin, of just this moment of maybe that stuff's getting in my way. There's nothing wrong with working on it, but there's a time and a place. And maybe I'm just going to have fun with it. I'm not going to try and lie to myself that I'm better than I think I am. I'm just going to treat it as an experiment of like, it's kind of fun. It's like, all right, I'm going to try and imagine it. And then I'm going to try and You're hit patient. it. You're patient. Most people aren't that patient. <laughs> that's why you said it's fun most people in i will say this most people are impatient oh yeah because it's a dive deep in here and the mental side based upon a chemical imbalance in the brain as well not only that but the upbringing the influence which is this is what we're all doing i know so we're trying to influence people everybody influences everybody else people will call me an influencer it's like please stop you are influencing me to think something right now. So don't call me an influencer. So are you. The whole point is we're trying to figure out ourselves, but everybody just wants to listen to one great player. They already understand who they are. That's why they're great. But if you don't understand why you think the way you do, where your anxiety comes from, there's always a reason. Where you hit that poor shot, was it because the ball was just above your feet and you, that's why you shot an 86 because you're trying to fix your swing the entire round after that one shot? It will drive you absolutely off the wall. Or I've had students where I've had one lesson with them. Their clubs are too dang short or too dang long. Or they grab a club set that's off the rack that's an inch over standard. It's too heavy. They can't swing it hard. Once you choke down an inch, I was like, that's the lesson. They go, wow, I just shot a 75. I was like, yeah. They went from an 86 to a 75. It could have been that one small thing. Nothing else was wrong with them. Colin, do you think across the board, people are swinging clubs too heavy or too light? I'm curious. They, they, they're everywhere. 
there's a reason why manufacturers sell irons at around uh, D3 to D4, because that's the manufactured weight, swing weight of a shaft that is designed today. Now, if you go above it, you can't swing it hard. You have to swing it soft. That's why taller people normally don't have very aggressive swings because their center of gravity, when they're swinging, is super high. Like it's up in their chest. Now, there are some people that are tall that have a very balanced center of gravity. They use their feet well and their hands well. Most people that are really tall don't because they usually have narrow calves, flatter feet because they're so tall. There's so much pressure being put under the feet. It's all about body. You have the body, you have the clubs, and you have the mind. Colin, it's great. I mean, I think for our listeners, what you're hitting home is like, if you're serious about this game, you want to get better, all you're doing is harping and complaining. Well, have you gotten your clubs checked? If you analyze the situation in the best way possible, and what you're saying is like, look, that first lesson, you're telling me you're serious about going from a 15 to a 12 or 11, you got to get your clubs checked. And it's really important, right? Yeah. Matt, it's so funny. It's making me question things because like I got P770s, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years ago now. All my woods are extra stiff and my irons weren't. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Maybe my irons should be. So I went to a Roger oh, Dunn and I tried yeah. like four or five different extra stiff shafts. And the one I hit the best on that particular day were the shafts I got. But like, I don't know. It was just kind of like what I was swinging that day. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right shaft for me. When you fit someone to a golf club, it doesn't necessarily mean they don't have to do anything. They still have to do something with their body the way it's built. And that action that your muscle structure on top of your bone structure, which is completely different than most people, then you've got to make sure that that club is fitting their action properly. If listeners here are like, well, I don't have all the money to be getting new clubs. We just had Lauren Cup on. She's the best speed golfer in the world. We It was a really great episode. And she plays with three clubs. She's 75 and 50 minutes. Because she talks yep. about keeping the ball in front of her. Not thinking about the, you know what just happened there. She didn't have to. Target How long has she been playing like, golf? She's been playing, she's she's playing been golf for a player. Right. Yeah. You know, it was just really eye-opening. Like, three clubs shooting seven oh, yeah. I'm sure you could do it. I mean, maybe I could do it too because I've been playing all my yeah, life. Yeah, I've broken, like, broken par with one club before. I mean, right. but the idea, the idea is a lot of people are built, and some people don't like hearing this, a lot of people are built efficient for golf. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't be efficient by swinging a certain way, but there's some people like Mac Boucher, for instance. Him and I are built very similar. We can both hit slingers like crazy. You can move it. I can move it 80 to 100 <laughs> yards if I wanted to. I used to be able to move it 120 yards, but I can't do that in my body anymore because I have exit. The whole point of making an action, if your arms are short and you are tall, Okay, you don't have much room. You have to have a flatter plane unless you go into a crazy amount of wrist flexion. Then you're able to do it. But if you have tight shoulders, tight back, tight hamstrings, weak feet, you have no stability. You're like a board. So there is a yeah. difference between Scotty Scheffler and, and uh, Terrell Hatton. One, Terrell Hatton's always swearing on the course. He's always miserable. He's always tight. He has, I love his attitude. But sometimes he just gets so impatient and so like it just it's a time bomb that goes off. But look at Scotty Scheffler. You rarely see him frustrated. 
because he's so relaxed. His arms are so long. He's so lanky. Right. And he barely needs to think. Same thing with DJ. DJ's very long, lanky. His arms are not as long as people think they are, but they're long enough so he can go into flexion back into extension. I think what people are missing is when they look in the mirror, they're not seeing the difference between their body and Tiger and all the rest of the tour players. Like, look at Tony Finau. His arms are insanely long. I know we wanted to get to this because I do think, obviously, we're about, of the three things you mentioned, we're about the mind. We've talked about the other two, but we mostly talk about the third. Let's talk about the negative culture of golf, why you initially reached out and why, how that can get in our way. Because I'll say this. This is the thing that's the hardest thing to accept. I go back and forth with this myself on a weekly basis, sometimes daily. There is a certain level of belief and acceptance you have to have that regardless of how flawed you think your move is or all the things you think you need to do, we get in the way of our best possible move coming out, regardless of how flawed it may be, because we've all hit perfect shots. We may not hit them all the time, but clearly it's there. Talk about how the negative culture of golf is getting in our way from our best swings coming out. So it's how you word things. Like, let's say, for instance, the word no. No is a complete sentence, right? It's in acting. It's literally a a halt. You literally end scene when you say no. There's nothing to go further. No is negative. And then when you say golf is hard, hard is a, a negative connotation. Um, some people think hard as challenging, but why don't you just use golf as challenging? Like, why are you not challenging yourself, pushing yourself, not anybody else? Don't don't look at anybody else's swing, but your own and understand your own body. But I, I, I don't understand why people are just like, golf is hard. I'll just accept that. No, that's not right. You don't do that when you, you're doing math. Two plus two is four. You put two things and two things together, that four things. So if you have the patience level and the education, maybe it's from a coach, maybe it's from a book. Hopefully that book is actual facts in it. Some of them don't. You could just write a book and it wouldn't matter what you say in it. I think it's important that you understand that that negative connotation is the worst place to start, whether it's your body's energy, your action, your confidence level, because people that have high anxiety, have they don't have great balance anyways because their eyes are going back and forth constantly. They're always worried about something. Yeah, you're going to hit a bad shot every now. But what is bad? That's why I try to say big or miss. Because to me, I don't know what a bad shot is to me versus the next person. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, to me, 40 feet away from the hole from 100 yards, that's not so good. But that could be wonderful for a beginner. So saying, oh, that's a bad shot, you've already lost. Right. Saying golf is hard, you've already lost. You've already lost. You've already said golf is hard. I accept that I'm going to suck. That's a weak person. It takes a confident person to know exactly what they're going to do before they do it. It takes a confident person to know exactly what action they're going to make. It takes a confident person to know I need to take this club, make this ball flight happen. But you got to do that on the range first. You can't just be like, I'm going to hit it over the water. Hardy har. I walk up with it any club and say, I'm going to hit it over the water. But what are you already thinking? Water, water, water. Why don't you say I'm going to hit it on the green with the right club? Words speak louder than actions. I say that all the time and people (laughs) just don't understand what that means. They don't. 
They that's don't. That's great. That's great. What is social media? You see more words, but people don't want to read them. They just want to see stuff happen. So people that say actions speak louder than words, just probably because you're lazy. <laughs> well, and, Co- and Colin, would you also say, I mean, like anything in life, if you want to get good at it, you have to find the reward in the, in the work. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's a mindset shift. Like this is going to take work and there's going to be tough days on the range and on the putting green. But like, I'm telling you, if you choose your words, <laughs> like you said, and you're going to find that there's going to be reward in there. There's going to be breakthrough moments that it's just like, man, look what I accomplished. What is coaching? Coaching is words. They are words. They are not anything other than words. And that's why I'm so careful what words I use when I coach, not even my students, a random person. Like today, I literally talked to three people on the range today. I have no idea who they are. I was like, do you mind if I say something? You're hitting on a downslope with the driver because the range is sloped downward. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize it. Because one, they're practicing a lot because they don't have good body awareness. Two, they're practicing a lot because they can't feel slope. So they're not getting any feedback. The reason why they're not getting any feedback is because they don't have body awareness because they're hitting on a downslope. You see how it like folds on top of itself. It's a domino you, effect. Yeah, it's a domino effect. It always, it always will be. Just like if you have a shot where the ball is above, I see it all the time. They hit a fat shot because the ball is above their feet. Then they hit three triples in a row because they're trying to fix not hitting it fat, which is insane. That's a great point. Pretty remarkable. If you think about it, it's how the ability it really is like if you think we're I'm so bad, I keep hitting it fat, then I hit it thin. But you're trying to not hit it fat. You change like a millimeter or an inch of a movement. <laughs> exactly. By trying to. It's that's actually fun. pretty remarkable. Here's the other thing that's hilarious. Is people are looking at that golf ball. Right. When you look at that golf ball, can you see the center of it? No. Can like, you see? Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. No, you can't see the center of it. So why the hell are you looking at it anyway? Right. It doesn't matter. You, your cerebellum and your brain controls your coordinated balance. So if you close your eyes, yes, you're going to have less body awareness because your cerebellum says, what the hell are you doing, man? But if you have a focal, just a focal point to remain in sync and in balance, that's all you need. You're not trying to hit the top of the ball. So the majority population can top the ball because where are they looking at? The top of the ball. You're doing the right thing. The whole idea of looking at the ball is to just have balance. That's why people who are drunk play better because they don't even care about the ball. They care about staying on their feet. All right, we're going to take a quick break here from one of our sponsors that I think a lot of you are going to love for the upcoming Black Friday, holidays, etc. And uh, I'll get you right back to the show. So you guys have heard of Sticks Golf. If you've been listening to the show for a while, they were a great partner of ours almost a year ago. And we sold thousands of these sets. And so many of these people that have gotten Sticks Clubs have DM'd us and told us that they love them. They're the best clubs for the price that you can get them. Right now, you can basically get a full set of Sticks Golf Clubs from $699. Or this is the coolest thing. This is something they didn't have last year. You can do payments. So payments as low as $63 a month. So you can get a full set of clubs. I'm talking woods, irons, wedges, putter, bag, head covers, towel, you name it, and pay 63 bucks a month until it's paid off. And it'll only take about 10 months based on their cheapest price. So go to sticks.golf. That's S-T-I-X dot golf. Enter the code TRAIN. 
Get yourself 10% off. They're having a flash sale right now for 20% off. I don't know how long they're going to run that for. So you could get even more off. This would be a great gift for someone who is starting in the game of golf, wants kind of a beginner set upgrade from hand-me-down clubs from maybe relatives or friends. Or if you just have hand-me-down clubs that you need an upgrade and you've been playing for a while and you'd like something that doesn't break the bank, Sticks is an amazing option. They're one of the fastest growing companies in the last two years in golf. So sticks.golf, enter the code train, get yourself 10% off. All right, let's get back to the show. Words speak louder than actions. We talked about how starting with the negative culture of golf, of how hard it is, I can't do anything right, gets in our way. What do you tell your students? If someone is bogged down with miss after miss, curvature going in the wrong way, because one thing I will say that I just learned is everyone has a two-way miss. It's about curvature, having consistency with curvature. You can't aim to the right side of the fairway playing for a draw and hit a fade or a slice, right? So help people understand, like, what are some things that take a negative statement? How would they turn it around? How do they leverage the positive side despite feeling really hopeless? What's the way for people to kind of reverse that cycle? Understanding. That's all it is. And the problem is, if the knowledge is right within science, <laughs> that's the problem. Say, for instance, hitting down. Hitting down, the club already starts on the ground. So I don't know why people are hitting down on the ball. You're moving the club to the right and then to the left. So just the word hitting down, what does the person want to do? Just that one word. What does it cause them to do? Usually hit it fat or shank it because when you hit down, your hands go further away from you because you're using your triceps when you do that. So just that one word can cause giant misses, giant fat shots, giant impatience, which most people aren't that patient. Just one word of false information that some people may happen to feel because they're a feel player. They say you're hitting down. You're actually not. You're feeling it down, which is a reaction, not an action those connotations spread like wildfire, like a trend. And that trend does what? When one celebrity says one thing, what happens to that trend? It explodes. Right. So hitting down, hitting up, those words, there's just one, they're one word which creates what? A poor understanding. Then you don't understand what you just did. It's like you said, it's, it's a giant, giant, just a giant domino effect of trends. Choose your words carefully. Choose your words carefully, but in a world of a a shit ton of information, a million different philosophies, what is a way for people to have a better understanding in a really simple way? Like, what's the first thing they need to understand? Find a way to understand it your way, like either getting a good coach or reading a book that you might happen to understand. That's the only way you're going to comprehend, because if you don't do it well already, you must understand it. Everything is a domino effect. I like how you said that. It just is. If you don't understand one thing, just one aspect, and you have a coach that may not understand that one aspect and just says, this is how I was taught, or this is what a tour player does, or let's take your swing and put it next to a tour player. That's completely illogical. It frustrates me. You can hear it in my voice, obviously. I think it's important to understand yourself, the words that you're using, and the clubs that are in your hand. What do they do? And then that, again, is another domino effect of going into a cycle of what have you been taught? How do you unlearn the things that you've already done? Yeah. 
Well, Colin, thanks as always for hopping aboard at Colin McCarthy Golf on Instagram. One L, two C's. Yeah. Trick shots are unbelievable, guys. Tune in. I just call it <laughs> golf shots because that's what I'm mainly doing on the course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colin. Thanks for hopping aboard. Talk Great to, to you. see you. Personally.